Welcome to Everything Imaginable, the podcast for curious minds on KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochileo. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cochileo. And before we get started, I want to thank all my listeners for listening. And I'd also like like to thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producer Candice Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, senior editor Amanda Steele, author of Ghosts of Me, my normal production engineer Damian Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, and monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. If you are interested in becoming a contributor to this podcast, go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and you'll find a whole bunch of information there. And now, without any further ado, our guest for today is Robert Lindsay Milne. Thanks for coming on, Robert. Thank you. You know, this is the fourth appearance that I've done on your show since, I think the first one was last October. And so this is this this is our this is our fourth time together on your show. Wow! And so thank you very much for uh, um, uh, having me back so many times. It's great. That's awesome. I love having you. You're a genius. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm, that's that's very nice of you to say. Um, so how's your year been? My year has been strangely good. Is it? Oh, that's good. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense, but uh, the podcast is doing great. My my day job is doing great. Yeah. Um, wife is doing great. Your wife is doing, doing great. great. Yeah. And and your podcast is booming. It is. I know it's and and it's just and and where you see what's going to be happening next year, like over the next twelve months. I'm excited. Um, it, it's going to go as actually this can go as far as you want it to go. You're you're in control of this actually. I'm enjoying it thoroughly. It is so much yeah. fun. Yeah. So so um, what is going yeah. on with you? I heard a rumor. Yeah. That you're starting your own podcast. That's that's right. Um, we're in rehearsals right now. And and um, we'll be launching in, in, within within the next couple of weeks. And 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 my podcast is going to be called "My Side of the Crystal Ball" with Robert Lindsay Milne. And and I'm going to be having guests on and, and and doing something similar to you, where where um, at the beginning I'll I'll talk about uh, things that are going on or happening with me and uh teaching teaching and sharing ideas and concepts and things like that and then and then i'm going to be having um guests on um from all all areas of of the psychic well actually all areas of 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 life and um it's going to be on a two hours a weekly show wow that's awesome and uh what motivated you to do this to create a podcast? Well, um, you know, I'm I'm. Um, they call me a senior citizen. Like I I, I turned seventy two on July thirteenth, um, and um, I had been semi retired uh, from from my work. And I say semi retired. You know, about for almost ten years, I had stopped doing shows, doing doing performances. 
but I still always did readings. I slowed down. I slowed down to be doing, you know, four or five hundred readings a year rather rather than rather than working uh, my full pace that I'd done up until about 10 years ago. And I deliberately stopped doing shows and appearing on shows. So it was fun being the old fashioned, you know, work from home kind of psychic and no more traveling, no more touring. And one because I started to hate it and it was enjoyable at home. And then the book came out. The Perfect Predator, and remember that's the one where, oh, yeah. where um, you know, this the scientist found the cure um, for for the superbug, this real true story, and that caused me to appear on a couple of shows, and that would have been like um, two years ago this month, and the producer of the show that that I was on with with um, with, with Stephanie. Um, next day asked me would I be interested in going on more and you know I thought no that was enough and it was fine I'm 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 doing well um over the following year so from this like what, what June of 2020 June of 2019 to June of 2020 I'd had several conversations with the, that producer of that show and she suggested that I just try being on another show again and, and 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 I last June I was June eleventh. Um, I I went on another show and actually did calls like I did in the old days, and you know it was like three hours, um, and I liked it. And it was it was fun. It was it was it was um, doing what I used to do again, and it, and that was kind of neat. And Michelle Freed um, asked me. She was the producer. She asked me what I would I like to do more shows. And I said, yeah. And she said, well, how many shows would a month would you like to do? And and I said, well, let's start off with two or three. And she said, well, I can I can book as many as you want. And so the first month that I agreed to do it was last August. And it just turned out that the first show put me on was on August 11th. And from August 11th to um, April 11th. I, I appeared on 27 podcasts um, for this. So, so this is the fourth time with you. Yeah. So, so um, I've been on, I was on 27 podcasts over about a 30 week period. And um, I love it. And, and all of a sudden I got really interested and, 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 and really excited. And then I found out um I was one of the things that was holding me back was was that I was worried that you know maybe I'm not as sharp as I used to be maybe I didn't have that any, anymore and the other one was I I was concerned that the younger generation was going to be better than me or or I wasn't going to be nearly as good as they are and I expected that and throughout this last year I've realized that um one I haven't lost it and two, the younger generation isn't better than me, different, but, but not better. And what I've realized is that over my 56 year career, um, I have a huge amount of experience and always being a solo act. So I haven't hung out with psychics or people that do this type of work. I, I didn't know what was going on in the field or what they were doing. I've always just done my thing my way. 
and since I started appearing on shows, I realized that how the world has changed. And over my lifetime, I've always thought of myself as the kind of guy in terms of my awareness would, I could describe myself as being like one inch deep and five miles square, as in um, I've got a little bit of information about a huge amount of things. But in this last year, what I've discovered is that I'm quite different than that. I'm actually one inch square and five miles deep. I'm an expert in my field. And there's so much more going on in this field. that And, and I thought, how can I learn about it? I was talking with Michelle Fried, and she's my publicist. And I was talking with her. And she said, have you ever considered doing a podcast? And I said, uh, no, um, I haven't. And she sort of let it sit with me. And then we talked some more. And, and then, you know, she showed me that how we could do it. And so what I'm going to be doing is having guests on. And they're going to be teaching me about what they're doing. And I'm going to be learning about it and showing all my listeners um, all about the new things in the psychic world. And, but, but there'll be other things as well besides, you know, psychology and behavior and everything else related. And it's all going to be like my education. I'll be talking about people. The first part of the show will be me with my teachings and things like that. So that's the reason why I'm going to be doing the podcast. And I am so excited about it. <laughs> you can jump in there anytime and interrupt me, by the way. Uh, uh, I, I can definitely assure you, um, from my own experience of doing my own podcast, mm-hmm. and I'm about 250 episodes into it. Which is about 250 episodes ahead of me. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know? but I have learned yes. more in this one year of doing a podcast yeah. than I probably have my entire life. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah, and I want to do that, too. And you've matured a lot over this last year. Maybe. You're far more confident. I think I've always been confident. You're more confident than you were last year, Gary. You think so? Absolutely. So this isn't saying, you know, you were not confident last year. What what I'm saying is you're more confident this year. Wow. That would probably make me then the most confident podcaster in the universe. Well, hey, what a privilege to be on with you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) So, um, So, yes. so, So what... So how how is this uh, podcast going to work? Like you mentioned earlier that that you've been sort of practicing and rehearsing. Rehearsing, for it. yes. Um, yes. What is that like? Like, what is the process for that? Well, um, I'm on a major learning curve. By the time I was, um, my career had had peaked uh, and come down the other side. Um, the internet was just getting invented. As, as, as I had passed my peak, um, and, and, and I was slowing down to a degree. So, um, I never bothered learning about, um, what was going on in the internet. I, I, I didn't need to. I, I have still an, an established practice. 
Um, I don't have to do anything to bring in business. So I, I was just simply coasting. So I didn't know anything, really anything about Facebook other than, you know, you, you know, you write things and stuff. Um, and, and over the last year, I've had to learn a lot about, about um, social media and, and um, working on it. So, so um, learning about YouTube and learning about Instagram and, and um, all that kind of stuff is, has been a major learning curve for me. And, and it's been really exciting just learning about it. So, um, and, and it's, it's, it's a whole new way of thinking. Hmm. Well, I know my wife follows you on Facebook like a hawk. Oh, does she? It's always good to see her there. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I guess there I are... went from, in the last year, I went from about 700 friends on Facebook. I got 4,200 now. Wow. About about two months ago, I started learning about Instagram, and I went from having like three followers, and right now I've got like seven hundred and twenty or something. And and so so I'm learning about how how to use um, social media, which which is um, an absolutely wonderful thing for me to do at, and, and experience at this time in life. It is good. And, 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 and there's also differently. Yes. there's also tools out there um, too that, that can save you a lot of time on social media, like Buffer. Oh, yeah? yeah, yeah, you can schedule your posts and oh, okay, some marketing yeah. tools. I use them; it makes it a lot easier. I have to seek out them too. So, um, and and I spend a couple hours every day um, with, with with social media, you know, making posts and and and, and things like that. So the last while we've been, um, so I, I'm learning how there's a big difference between being the interviewed than the interviewer, the different way of thinking. And, and so it, well, there is, and, mm -hmm. and it's, it, it's a different energy, a different focus, and um, it's a different skill. I, I've mostly in my career been the interviewed, so I'm, I'm learning about be doing the interviewing. Um, I'm I'm learning about that also. So, how do you plan on doing your time. interviews? Do you plan on preparing beforehand, or are you going to be like me and just kind of wing it? Um, the answer to that question is both. Um, I'm going to I'm going to um, have information. I'm, I'm going to have. Um, you know, notes and things like that. And every guest that comes on, I'll do a little bit of research in what they do. But the purpose of them coming on is for me to learn about how they're doing what they're doing and, and how they can share what they're doing on, on, on my podcast. So it's all about, um, oh, and then um, we're, we're also going to be doing um, uh, psychic classes too. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. So, yeah. And, and, and now I've taught um, psychic classes before. But as I said, all my life, I've been um, uh, a solo app. I haven't worked with anybody. It's just my career. And um, over the years, I've, I, I, I've taught a one-day workshop on being psychic. And in that class, I guarantee anyone that would sit in that one day seminar, I guarantee them absolutely 100% that they will do psychic readings in that class. And if they don't, or providing they follow what I show them, if they don't, I'll give them back, I'll give them back their money. 
Mm-hmm. And and over the years, I've had as many as like 310 people in the class and, and down to like 10 or 12 in the class and everywhere in between. And over that 20 or 25 years, I taught that seminar, I gave back money twice. And, That's a good accessory. Yeah. And um, what, I, I understand the concept of being psychic. I, I, I know how to do it. Uh, you know, I've done it for 56 years. I was 15 and a half when I started full time. And, and, and in my career, I've done more than 100,000 psychic connections. Um, and I really know a lot about that. And, and that's where I used to think that, you know, I was far broader in my awareness. But I, I, like, I like being zeroed in and focused in my awareness. Now I just want to make it broader and learn more things. Um, but when I understand what being psychic is, I know how to do it. And I know how to show people. I know how to show people how to do it because we all have, almost all of us have that psychic intuitive abilities. We all, have, almost everyone. That there are. So if you think of a bell-shaped curve, so at one end of the bell-shaped curve, there's somebody that's abs- has absolutely zero awareness, and then there's somebody at the other end of that bell-shaped curve that has an absolute 100% awareness. And then the rest of us fit fit in between. And we all have that sense of being psychic. Um, that's how we, as, as a species, evolved out of the caves. We, we uh, have intuition. Um, we have our intuitive side, um, our psychic side. Has there ever, like for example, almost everybody's experiences, you're, you're, you're somewhere and you look up and there's somebody just looking at you. It's not like Googling or, 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 or you know, like gunning you down with their eyes. You just right. look up and, 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 and that person's looking at you. Um, um, that's being intuitive. But where that comes from is our survival. Mm-hmm. And most mammals have that intuition, that, that, that psychic ability. So we all, almost all of us have it. As we start to practice, and what, what I get people to do, well, one of the things is I, I, I do my best to get people to stop calling it things. So um, when I was um, in my late teens, uh, I, I did some experiments at the Toronto Society for Psychical Research. Uh, well, here in Toronto, because I'm from Toronto. And um, it was run by um, a man named Dr. George Owen. And um, the Toronto Society for Psychical Research was was um, financed by a prominent financier of those days. And he, he supported that. And he brought Dr. Um, George Owen and his wife. They came over to Toronto and, and they ran the centre. And I used to go there and um, have... Ex- participate in psychic experiments. And one time I was in an experiment where, so remember, I'm like 18 or 19 and and I've been working in a tea room and and had only been off the streets for a couple of years. Um, Here I am with these intellectuals and they're analyzing what, what I'm doing. There was one experiment that there was a guy there who was one of the directors of the uh, place 
um, he also happened to have been a doctor and and unbeknownst to me at that time he he was um a um not a gynecologist he was a um he was a gynecologist yeah anyway um i i didn't know that and and he brought some blood spots on a bladder a blotter not a bladder <laughs> so <he> brought, <laughs> different different <laughs> it was on a bladder, no a blotter, right? And and he brought a bunch of blood spots that was on. The, 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 you couldn't do that today, but but back in the early 1970s, you could. So he brought these blood spots, and the test was, or the experiment was, for me to hold one of the blood spots and talk about whatever I felt from that blood spot. And what I was doing, what inevitably, was I was talking about this guy's patient. Mm -hmm. And as I was talking, he wasn't really giving me any feedback, and neither was, but he was also taking notes. And I think I did about eight or nine of them. And, you know, it was like for an hour and a half or something. And I did several of them. And um, so then we took a break. And then, and then when we came back, um, the, the doctor started talking about all the things that I had said and how um, it, it was correct. Then the group got into a debate about was Robert being, was Robert really being clairvoyant or was Robert only being telepathic? And they got into this debate about it. And, and then I got really mad. Um, and this, cause this one guy kept going, so he's probably just doing, uh, uh, um, uh, um, um, sorry, he, he was just doing um, mental telepathy, and and I went over to the doctor and I took one of the I took one of the blood spots and I walked over to the guy and said, "Here, you do just telepathy. Let's see what you can do." And and you know, of course, the guy got all frazzled. And, and I said, "Enough of this crap. Um, you know, look at what not put a label on it. Look at what I was doing." Don't try to label it. And, and one of the things that I encourage people when you're learning how to be psychic, stop saying things like, well, I'm clairvoyant or I'm an empath or I'm uh, an intuitive, I'm a psychic, um, I'm a healer, I'm a channel. Just do it. Don't worry about putting a label. Just get in touch with yourself. Get in touch with your energy. And the person you're doing the reading for Become aware of what's obvious. Mm -hmm. yes. I can see like people getting way wrapped up in, in all these labels. That's correct. And, and when you get all wrapped up in the labels, you're thinking, and that's not what you're doing when you're being psychic. It's not about thinking. It's, it, it's about being. It's about being in tune. And it's about being creative and imaginative and allowing the energy to flow through you. That's right. what it's about. Right. And it's about, and everything that comes through you is also a part of you. Mm -hmm. And you cannot see something that there is no way. Um, if you have never. If you've never experienced the theory of relativity, you couldn't describe it to somebody. 
right. Because because in order for us, doesn't matter who it is, whether it be a channeler or whether it be a live psychic or whether somebody that that that's a squire that does tarot cards or crystal ball or any of those things, um, we have to have something to compare it to. And whether you're being channeled or you're channeling, the energy that comes through you is using your body, your mind, as the medium. If there's nothing about um, the theory of relativity in the brain, the, 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 the energy coming through cannot compare it to anything, therefore it could not be talked about. Mm -hmm. Okay? So um, one of my friends from back in the 70s, guy's name was um, uh, um, Michael Blake Reed. And Michael, and, and there's a big book coming on Michael now. He's, he's, he's completed his life several years ago. But um, there's 12,000 hours of, of Michael in, 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 in trance being channeled through the, and his group were called the Evergreens. And, and um, Michael um, uh, was one of the most well-read people I've ever met. And he was always reading. And, and sometimes before he would be doing a session, a couple of days before, he would be, find himself being really interested in studying brain cancer, but not know why. He just fall and reads a whole lot about it. And then it turns up that he's now uh, channeling through and, and one of the clients, one of the people having a session with him w w would have brain cancer or have somebody that we would know. And, and he had to put the information in his brain in that computer so the the entities or the energy flowing through them had something to compare it to mm -hmm. so when i talk with people about become aware of what's obvious what we do is we um we pay attention to what we see what we touch what we smell what we see and what we feel so we have the five senses. When we're using all of those senses put together, we then develop a sixth sense. And the combination of all the senses working together create a sixth sense and that, that level of awareness. We all do it and we all can do it. So we take all of our senses and we focus on our subject or the person we're doing the reading for. And so I tell people, become aware of what's obvious. Look at the guy. Look at what he is. See the way she feels. Feel, sense. Look at their face. Look at the way they dress. Look, look, at, look at how they're relaxed. Just become aware of all that's obvious about them. When you become aware of what's obvious, more becomes obvious. Example, in another way, one, one of the things that I used to do, I used to think, you know, I was a pretty good painter. And I don't mean painting pictures. I mean, like painting the inside of houses. It was like one of my hobbies. And I used to love painting. And, you know, one house I lived in for five years, I, I, I painted it from top to bottom five times in five years. And I used to go to my friend's houses and, you know, just paint because I like to do it. One time I had just finished painting the house and one of my friends who's a uh, a builder and a and a, a contractor. He walked into my place and looked around and said, "Who, who did your paint job?" 
And, and I said, well, Hugh, um, it was me. And he said, oh, yeah, well, okay, it's okay. And, and I saw very clearly that he didn't think it was a good paint job. Mm-hmm. Yet I looked around and what I saw and anybody except for Hugh, when he was coming, uh, except for Hugh, everybody that would come in and say, wow, what a great paint job. And what they were really saying is, I like the color. But Hugh walked in and this guy is a builder. He was a finishing carpenter in his career. And he walks in and he saw all the flaws. It, they were obvious to him but not to me. He pointed out what was obvious. I then saw them. And as I became more aware of what's obvious, then I became aware of more of my painting mistakes. <laughs> and then in being, in being, oh, whoa, yeah, I almost gave up painting, you know. So, so then what happens in being psychic, we become aware of what's obvious. Now, when I was doing phone-in shows, when that was a big part of my career, for like about 35 years or something, you know, I traveled around the world appearing on radio and TV shows, doing call-in shows. And um, I am different when I'm tuning in and doing a reading than when I'm just talking like this. It, it, it's a different focus. And when I was doing shows, I, and I would always have air checks. And I would listen to what I was, what I had said during the show. And I, was, and I was assessing my performance in terms of how was I saying things? How was I expressing it? Was it fresh? Was I positive? That kind of stuff. Um, and there was one show that I was doing, or, and I started noticing that there were times where I'd have a caller call in and I would um, say something. And I think, oh man, you're going to get caught. That's really obvious what you're saying about that person. Doesn't anybody, can't anybody tell when you're on the radio that the guy's got a purple dining room? Everybody, that's so obvious, right? And that's what I was thinking when I was doing it, right? Anybody can see that because it was obvious. Well, the next day, listening to the air chat, and I realized, hey, wait a second. That wasn't obvious at all. It was obvious in the moment because I was open to it and I'd been focusing on what's obvious, then more becomes obvious. Eventually what happens is what you're talking about becomes obvious to you, but not to anyone else. And practicing of just becoming aware. And that's the first level of being psychic. Hmm. You know, and, and then people say, well, you know, well, how you get there? I say, well, do, do three, four, five hundred readings, come back, and we'll talk about it. And they go, what, five hundred readings? And I say, well, well, what do you expect? You want to be like a master, master craftsman, and you know, in 20 minutes? <laughs> you know, do three, four, five, six tarot card readings? What, what, you walk on water now? You know, like, I, by the time I was 21, you know, I started working at the tea room, I was 15 and a half. It's how I got off the street. Um, by the time I was 21, I'd done my 10,000 hours. Right. You know, when I was at the tea room, I, I worked like five days a week, six days a week. And sometimes I'd even work seven days a week. It was, it was about doing readings, developing my craft. So, so um, things that I would talk about in the moment seems obvious to others it's not. 
So that's the first thing about being psychic. Become aware of what's obvious, then more becomes obvious. Hmm. Are some people more naturally talented where they don't have to hone it and work as hard at tuning into their psychic abilities um, than others? Who, who is who is your favorite all-time baseball player? Hmm. Reggie Jackson. Anyone. Do you think that Reggie Jackson had a God-given talent and didn't develop it? He could just do it and walk Mr. October, smack all those home runs out. Do you not think that he took that talent and he worked his ass off to develop it? I think it was both. I think he had the natural talent, but I think he took the time to cultivate it. That's right. And if he hadn't have taken time to cultivate it, he would not have been the grand, um, uh, amazing uh, ball player that he was. Right. So the harder you work at your skill, the better you get. So there are some people that are naturally better at it. And then when you work at it and you get committed and dedicated, then you get really good at it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can see that. There's even people, though, like, for example, I play guitar. And uh, well, I've seen people that were terrible, that are not good guitar players, but they, know, but they can play well. Do you kind of know what I mean? Like, like, yes, like, like I do. they can play, but, they, but, like they learn the instrument, they can play yeah. the instrument, but right, and they can play it well. But at the same time, right. there's something else that's not there. Right, and 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 what it is is experience. It's it's doing something over and 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 over again, and and the more you do it the better you get at it. So the way I do readings today, and you know, I think it's okay for me to say this, you know, um, last year sometime or was somewhere this year, um, I, I did, I did a reading for your, 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 your wife. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, now, now I work today on a level and my level of awareness and the things that I see um, are broader clearer and on levels that I never imagined happened before that, that that I ever imagined were possible. One of the things that I do, and I don't know of anybody in my field that does this, but one of the things that I do, especially when someone's in the middle of a crisis, um, when I'm doing readings in any way, what I often do is I see that person's life from the moment of conception all the way to completion. I'm, I'm, now, I don't spend a lot of time at either end of that. You know, I'm focusing on where they are now. But, but I do see um, the beginning and I, and I see the, 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 the completion. Um, and when I see somebody and they're going, going through a crisis, which often people come to, like usually most people are coming to see me when there's a crisis. They don't right. usually come just like <laughs> for a happy birthday experience right there. No, like shit, shit's going on in their life and they don't know how to handle it. One of the things that I do is I go into the future, say the person's 40. I go into the future um, when they're about 80, 85. And I look back through their eyes when they're 85 and I describe to them how they feel about what they're experiencing right now, only 40 years into the future. And I describe to them what they think about, how they've handled it, how 
how they got through it and what's going on as a result of it. And I do it through their eyes. Now, one of the things that it does, number one, is it tells the person, oh, no matter what's going on, I, I obviously made it. Yeah. Right? Oh, right. well, right, I made it. So, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, okay. Now, now I've got the person's attention, and now they're relaxed, and then I can give them the information about how they're going to get through it. And when I'm doing readings, and I think it was pretty much so with your wife, um, I was constantly going forward and backward in time yeah. throughout the session, right? And 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 that's how I, I I do it. So I don't use cards or palm, even though I jokingly, well, even though my podcast is going to be um, my side of the crystal ball, and I really do have a crystal ball, I, I don't use it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I often, you know, joke and say, "Well, I've had a long day slaving over a hot crystal wall," but, but <laughs> I don't. But so I don't. Um, I don't actually use a medium, but I have them, but I don't use them. Mm-hmm. Well, I play with them, but I don't use them at work. Like I've got a deck of tarot cards that I probably did about ten thousand readings with. Right. You should see. They're all burned out. They're all worn out and. You know, you know, um, but but I I don't use them for work. I I, I don't use the medium per se. I, I just simply tune into the person, hmm. and and my work is like a monologue. I don't ask questions. I interesting. So. You know, like, like I, when the first time I interviewed you, I I mentioned that I use tarot cards. You know, and you had told me, oh well, you you don't really need to use them. You don't. And so since then, you know, I had started reading some other books, you know, on on developing my psychic abilities without having to use tarot cards or anything like that. And and I practice it a little bit when I'm doing my interviews. I try to, you know, get in tune with my guests, try to find out one question that's going to, they're like, whoa, how'd you know that? (laughs) You know? So basically what ha- you froze and all we got to is you were talking about your tarot cards mm-hmm. and and I suggested that you didn't need to use them and then you said you practiced a bit and then froze. Oh right yeah, yeah. I, I practiced it I practiced a little bit and now I do it like when I'm interviewing people for my podcast. Um, I'll try to find a question that uh, just blows people away. They're like, how did you know to ask that? Because you're psychic. <laughs> and you're not relying on an external medium. You're allowing yourself to use your God-given, because it, it is, it comes from being what, what we are, um, our, our, our basic natural skills and talents. Mm-hmm. You got in touch with that. Now, when you get in touch with it and you practice it, you get better at it. When I was about 21... I was, there are several times in my life where, you know, like, um, you know, reaffirming one's marriage vows, I, I, I have reaffirmed my commitment to, to my, my work. And, and at a, about 21, um, again, I was doing like this, you know, making a recommitment to it. And, and I decided for sure then this is what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And I had heard that, um, when a young man becomes a priest, um, amongst other things, he makes a vow to say a mass every day of his life. And I thought that if I'm going to make that kind of a commitment 
if I'm going to do this kind of work, I have to be that committed. Mm-hmm. And, and I made a vow um, that I would do at least one psychic reading or practice being psychic every day of my life. And I made it through, I went about 30 years without missing a day of practice or doing a reading. And sometimes what I do, and, um, and, 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 one, and, and after about 30 years, there was one day where I decided not to. But I just wanted to know what it felt like not to do it. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I took that day off, then I went back and you know did another 10 or 12 years without missing a day. And, and what I also would do, it didn't matter that I was booked six months in advance to get it you know, for, for readings um, on, on a day off. If somebody just happened to phone and I answer, um, instead of me uh, uh, practicing, I would say, hey, come on in, I'll do a reading for you. So I would do that because it's always better to to play than it is to practice. Right. So if I had the opportunity, I would have somebody come in and I would just do a reading and I'd often do it for free because I would be practicing. Mm-hmm. But also I would practice um, without anybody. And, and, and I did that. You know, for a major part of my life, I still do now. Um, I still do every day. Um, I'm, I'm not quite as rigid as I, I used to be, though. Are some people harder to read than others? Or like to sort of like put up like a psychic defense and it's hard to get through? Um, yes. Um, if, if somebody doesn't want to be read, they, they can prevent it. Now, on the other hand... It's impossible, numerically impossible, for one person to be able to relate to every single person that they meet. It's impossible to do that. And it's impossible, like like some of the great spiritual masters of of the eras um, didn't relate to it, like, like, Jesus got nailed to a board, you know. Um, Gandhi got 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 murdered in a, in a crowd. So mm-hmm. um, no one can relate to everyone. And in act in actuality, you know, let's pretend there's six billion people on the planet. If you line them all up from you know shoulder to shoulder, at one end of the spectrum, there's about twenty five percent, one point five billion people that you have absolutely nothing in common with. And that 1.5 billion will hate your guts. And there's nothing you can do about it. It's about how what they see in you, not what you are. So it's how people see you. So what you are, what they see in you is what's in themselves. And they will they and and we will they people will see in us what they hate about themselves. Mm. So 1.5 billion. At the other end of the spectrum, there's another 1.5 billion. 25%. And these people love you. And and they 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 love you, they care about you, they're committed, they're dedicated, and there's nothing you can do about that either. Um, because it's when they look at you, they see love in themselves, and you bring that out. It's it's about them, not you. And then there's another group between the 1.5 billion, the good guys and the bad guys, there's another three billion. And you can hang out and they go from the good side to the dark side. Mm-hmm. And you can hang out with whatever billion you want. You have free choice and free will. Now, 
I guarantee my work absolutely. And here's my absolute guarantee. I guarantee you that when I do a reading for you, from the moment I give you your recording until the ending of my life or theirs, and hopefully theirs first, um, I guarantee that that person will believe the service that I gave them was as much or more than what they were expecting. If for any reason they don't feel that, whether it be 20 minutes after their reading or 20 years, all you have to do is tell me and I give you your money back and there's no questions asked. Now, if I did a reading for you for 20, you know, 20 years ago, I'm not going to be giving you today's refund. You know, you're not going to get the money. And, no, you're not. You're, you're going to get the bread you gave me. Not, 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 not what I'm charging today. But that'll be it. And, and, and I think you are. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so um, I don't know. So I decide um, and I pick and choose. Um, if, if I don't think in that moment when I'm doing a reading, if I don't think it's the absolute best that I can do, I won't do it. Right. And and when I and when I get like that, what what I do is, you know, I say to people, I am really sorry. I am not giving you my best. Now it can be in the moment because everybody has a shitty day, right? Everybody does. So in the moment, uh, I can say maybe I'm just not tuning into you. Let's let's try again. But there will be times where I just don't have it for that person or it's not sharp enough for me. And I've, I've gone through a whole reading, done, done, you know, done a whole hour, maybe hour and a half. And at the end, when it comes time for me to put my name, sign, like I used to do it, I used to record everything on CD and then before that, cassette. Now it's the digital recording. But I would, before I would, when I would finish the reading, um, I would decide, have I done this job well enough? And I would sign it. And if I didn't feel proud to sign it, I, I, I wouldn't give it to them and I wouldn't charge. Hmm. Wow. Well, I, 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 know rather, from, I know from yeah. listening to, to, to the one that you did for my wife, it was amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And, and what I did for her was, was um, my standard. Yeah, and that's a now, pretty high standard. And and my standard, by the way, is that or better, and and I will not allow less or worse. Right. And and if I don't think I'm giving my best, I won't do. Now, telling somebody you're not going to do a reading for them, I spend the next forty-five minutes explaining to them it's not because they're bad. It's not because there's something terrible going to be happening. I I spend like or even an hour explaining is not about them. I'm just not making the connection because it scares the shit out of some people. Mm -hmm. Some people will say, "Now there are people that come to me and they they won't like me." Well, that's okay. I won't like them. Now, when I do a reading, um. In order for me to do a reading for that person, the person in front of me, I've got to be able to feel deep love for that person. So when I was doing a reading for your wife, in that moment, I, I, I loved her. 
not as a woman that I would be interested in courting. And he'd kill me if I did. But, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even if he messed with my wife. <laughs> That's right. Okay. So so it's not like it's not like I was I was courting her, but it was a sense of um the love of herself, of the love of her of 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 her being. Right. Um and and it's a spiritual love. Oh, it's a beautiful feeling. And and everybody that I do a reading for, I, I feel that love. If I don't or can't feel that love, I can't do a reading. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Ha, have you ever done a reading um and it was like bad news that you didn't want to have to tell a person? Yes. But you had to tell them anyway? Or you didn't? It depends on when and it depends on what. Um, it, it depends on um, what I'm capable of handling. That, that's a big one. Right. Um, it depends on um, what that person's capable of dealing with. What I won't do anymore is is lie or 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 tell um okay so um i was working with a cancer patient boy and i do that a lot i was working with this cancer patient and um when i after i started working with her i i i i, I knew she was gonna die she wasn't interested in accepting that she wanted to fight well, I'm not going to tell her she's going to die. What I'm going to do is support her in her fight because right. maybe she could change it. Okay, so that person I didn't. Um, there have been times when someone has asked me, are they going to survive? On a couple of occasions, I have said no, not as cold as that. Um, both times didn't turn out well. And so I usually don't do that. Um, now, on the other hand, when I see something bad for somebody, something negative, the thing that I have to remember and other people remember is that um, if you can see something, if it can be seen, it can be avoided. Very few things in our life are destined meant to be usually meant to be as before is as after it happens as opposed to before it was meant to be well the only time it was meant to be is if it happened um so so um sometimes things are accidents that there really are accidents there are very few things that are destined but when something is destined it cannot be seen because if it can be seen, it can be changed. Right. So I'm going to give you like a really big example of that. Um, something that cannot be seen. This happened after the um, Calgary Olympics, uh, Winter Olympics. So that would have been, I think, in the 80s. And, and I was, you know, in the peak of my career then. And... Um, at the end of the Calgary Olympics, and I live in Toronto, so at the end of the Calgary Olympics, um, when it was over, 
this young woman came to me for a reading. Now, why I remember all of this is, is, is because um, she was a TV producer of, of, of some of the games, uh, the, the, the Olympic games. She, she worked for CTV. And uh, when she got home, just after the Olympic games, she, she, she came to me for a reading. And I did this really fabulous reading. Oh, it was wonderful. And she had this future, and she was going to do this, and she was going to go there, and this is what she was going to do, and yada, 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 yada. It was wonderful. I was thrilled. I felt so good. Um, anyway, I give her her tape, thank her very much, and I say, listen, if you have any questions, please give me a shout. She gets on her bike and rides home, or leaves. The next night on the CTV news, the, inter the national news. Now, we have our national newscast at 11 o'clock. Well, some of them are at 11 o'clock. And on the 11 o'clock news, um, Lloyd Robertson, who was like the, you know, the, the you know, the broad, the news guy of like the, our, our Walter mm -hmm. Cronkite. So Lloyd Robertson um, starts reading this obituary. And there's a picture of the woman that I had done a reading for the day before. And he's doing an obituary for her, the one that I thought had this great future. And she was going to do this and that and have 27 kids and, you know, three husbands and, you know, yeah, all that kind of stuff. And what had happened is that when she left my place, she was riding home. Now, we in Toronto had trolley cars. We call them street cars. We still have one of the very few places in North America. Um, and on her way home, she got hit by a streetcar and got killed. And I didn't see it. I didn't see it. And I racked my brains for weeks and weeks and weeks. How could I not have seen that? If I'm so bloody good, how could I have missed it? How? Well, the reason I missed it is because it wasn't there. It was time of destiny. Mm -hmm. And I didn't see it because it wasn't there in the reading. And that's the only way I've ever been able to come to terms with it. So some things, people are only going to find out information from a reading that they're supposed to know. But if there's something that they're not supposed to know, it's they not don't going get to reveal it. itself. Absolutely. That's, that's correct. So I can then give all kinds of information, but then it'll turn out to be wrong because of that one thing, like the destiny thing. That hasn't happened that many times. It has happened. Hmm. That was an example. It drove me crazy. And after, you know, like 35 years, I, I, I still, you know, I still wonder, you know, uh, uh, about it. Interesting. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, the, the simple answer is that it was, you know, there's some things that we're not meant to know about right. our lives you know, and the other one is i or the other one is i just blew it right i don't know like, even like my experience with, with reading tarot cards I, i've always would, would mention to people that, that that's there's certain things that we're not supposed to know well i call that a moment of destiny and, and, and that's just how it is there's nothing yes. you can do about it that that's that's right and, so i'm sorry go ahead oh no, no go ahead I'm just on, you know, um, mm -hmm. so, um, so there have been times I'm sure that I would have missed something because of that destiny thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can't avoid it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Or there's also another possibility that's way out there, is that there's more than one me. Oh, alternate realities. Yeah. Oh, so, I understand so, so, that so, one so too. You, so you're tapping into another me that's living in another reality rather than the me here. The concept of alternate realities is that is that for every possible action, there is a reality that did it. Yes. And that and that you have the ability to be able to resonate with any possibility that you that you can, mm -hmm. that 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 you know of. You you have that. Um, and I like to believe in that. So if I see somebody where they're going to die of cancer, if I can direct them, they can change the reality and get past it as well. I, I also believe those kinds of things. That's cool, because I know for some people, people are like, "What?" You know, but in a way, in my mind, anyway, that's the way the universe has to be. Because that's the only way it really makes sense. Mm -hmm. That that everything that is possible has to be happening. Everything that is possible is happening. That's right. At the same time, yes. And, 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 and that would be also of the past, the present, and the future all happening right now. Yeah. And every possibility. So there could be... So, so in our talk tonight, what we're, what we're talking about, our daytime, if you're listening, um, there is a reality where every single possibility occurred. Not that it could have, it already did. So... We could have started off with, um, I was in a bad mood and told you to go screw yourself and didn't do a show. Or in the middle, we get into an argument, you get off my bloody show. And every other possibility that could have happened, happened. And we can choose to resonate with whatever one. Mm -hmm. It makes great sense. Like, that's why I don't worry about my dog chewing off my leg. Because you'll grow another one in another reality and you'll, exactly. re you'll resonate with that. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> and there's every possibility, like when your dog does chew your leg off, you know, one, he survives. Two, you kill him. Three, there's, you know, you've had his teeth pulled out. Four, you just let it go and he eats the other leg. And every possibility that could happen. Exactly. Could happen. I was right. just, just walking around with a couple that's, wooden legs. That's right. And <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Pretty cool. Mm. So, um, so, so with the uh, new podcast, yes. What is it that you really hope to achieve? Like, I know with my podcast, my my main goal is to put non biased content out. Um, on topics that people won't hear on the mainstream media and they can listen to my shows and, and decide for themselves what they think about some of these topics that they might not be familiar with. Do you have any type of mission for your podcast? Yes, um, several actually. Um, from um, the most selfish of, of them, um, the major part of my career my peak times happened before the internet and there's no record of, of what I did. I was the first Canadian psychic to be appear on radio and TV shows. I was the first traveling psychic. Um, I was first at a lot of things. There, there's no record. Um, 
the things that I've accomplished in my, the, the, there's no record that I, I didn't exist, but I did. <coughs> and, and I've always been a bit sad that there isn't any record of, of, of some of my achievements. So that, that's on a personal level, uh, right. on an egotistical level. Um, on, on other levels, as I talked about at the beginning, where I realized I always thought I was like, you know, one inch deep and five miles square, rather than, you know, one inch square and five miles deep, I realized I found out that, you know, I'm an expert. Um, and, and I really know a lot about the psychic stuff. One guy, um, Mr. Cyber, I think his, 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 his um, podcast is, when he was reading my credentials, he stopped and said, 56 years uh, of being a professional, more than 100,000 psych, psychic connections. And the guy said, you might be the most experienced psychic on the planet. And I thought, wow, I could be. But being around other psychics in the last while, I, I may be in that area because I know a hell of a lot about this stuff. Mm -hmm. But what I've also dis discovered is there has been so many other things that have evolved um, in the field that I have no idea about. And in my podcast, I'm going to be learning about those things and sharing them. And I'm going to be talking to people that do these th their thing. And I'm going to be talking to them as a fellow um, intuitive. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be talking with them about how they do it and how we understand it. And, 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 and it's going to be like my lesson, my learning. And it's also going to be adding to my ability to do things and give more service. What would you do? Or what? Well, this actually will happen if you have other with guests and other psychics. What will you do when you get one that comes on your show and it's just total bunk? Um, Cause I'll tell you, that's a tough one. It's happened to me a couple of times and I'm just like, oh, really? I really, I just, I, I, I let them say their thing. I let my listeners decide. That's how I handle it. But by you as a psychic, it might be different. Well, um, okay. Um, I often get asked about frauds. You know, your field is filled with frauds. No, it's not. And um, there are very few frauds mm -hmm. um, in the business. Very, very few. There are some, but not many. Um, most people I know that do this work, even if they're bizarre, off the walls, crazy, most people I know believe they're giving a service to people kind. They're, they're, they're helping. Mm -hmm. most, most people believe that. Not everybody can play in the NBA. Not everybody gets to play in the NFL. Not everybody plays in the big leagues. So there are people that are pretty good. There are people that... Um, aren't very good. There are people that aren't very smart. Mm -hmm. There are people that um, are incompetent, but they're not a fraud. Right. And I guess that's okay. what I'm talking about. I've, I've come across some incompetence. Yes. People, so, people that, that, that like, like, like you've mentioned, you put in your hours. 
And yep. I've come across people that are charging large amounts of money and they've put in very little into their craft. That's one of the things that I found stunning um, in the last year as well. I found that shocking. That there were people that that um, hadn't done 5,000 readings in their life. And yeah. they were calling themselves this and that. And, and they're charging like, you know, 500 bucks for reading or whatever it was. Um, I, I, I found that stunning. Um, that that they would think that they were that good and and, and that uh, worthy. What also would bother me is somebody at that level doing that kind of stuff, doing crappy work. Um, I wear it, mm-hmm. and and over my over my career, I cleaned up a lot of, of my contemporaries' messes. Wow. Um, you know. Now, on the other hand, nobody would do that on purpose. Almost nobody. And um, and then there's the other thing. No matter who you are, you always have a bad day. No matter who you are, you go through a period where you're not very good. Like look at look at Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson didn't smack a home run every time at bat. No. Reg, Reggie Jackson didn't. He was what what um, he he played what left field or, or right field. Anyway, uh, he dropped the ball a few times. Yeah. Right, you know, so everybody doesn't matter how good you are, you have a shitty day, mm-hmm. right? Well, in our work, um, we get called a fraud. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, I yeah, can Robert see that. Lindsay Milne uh, did a really. He's a fraud. He did a lot of I, I can see that happening sometimes. Yeah. My experiences are that that I've had people um, that have had taken a seminar on you know like like, like what you give, yeah. and. Three months later, they're charging people five hundred hours for readings, and they're not very good. Yeah, I know. And I've also come across people. Well, there's three things. There's that. I've come across people who will give people readings that are very biased and are trying to sway them into some type of religious view. I've seen. I've had that, and then I've also had sort of the same thing. But with like a conspiracy type of view, where they're trying to yeah. take the people they're reading to reading to buy into some type of conspiracy. Um, okay, um, all I can say is not my circus, not my monkey, and and what my circus is is my work, my reputation, and my monkey is 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 um, doing my work to the greatest of my ability every mm-hmm. time I do it, and if I can't do it then I don't do it <clears throat> and I don't take the money. And <clears throat> now since the pandemic and I've been doing a whole lot more work online than in person, when, when somebody comes to me in person, I, I don't get paid. I don't take their money until I finish their reading. Now online is a different story. You know, some guys in, you know, um, Tijuana is having a reading. Well, you're going to have to pay me first. And if I didn't do a good job, I'll give it back to you. Mm-hmm. Right. So it comes through online, but but I I don't take the money until I finish until I decide that reading is worthy of me putting my name on it. Yeah, I'm just saying, sort of as your as people when you start having guests, yeah. these are some of the things that you'll definitely come across. Well, yes, um, I um, okay, um, I'll I'll, I'll I, I've met <laughs> them all my life. Mm-hmm. 
One of the things also that I've learned, um, you know, on one show we did, I think it was the first one. And um, so because I've always just worked alone, because I've traveled so much, um, I haven't always had feedback on, on what I did. And when I did get feedback, I wasn't, I, I, I wasn't receptive to it. Um, I didn't want people to tell me. I, I, I wasn't interested in people telling me how good a reading I did. I, I, I didn't want to hear it. Um, I didn't want to face it um, for, for a lot of reasons. And one of them is I didn't feel worthy of, of doing it. I, I didn't feel worthy of doing the job. Right. Um, and and um, which which is why earlier in my life, I, I even went through a period where, where I said I didn't believe in God and that what I was doing was just me personally. And, 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 and the reason that I was doing that was in the old days, like, like in, the, in, the, in the biblical days, people that did my job were, were, were called the prophet. That's what my job is, you know? Hey, Robert, what do you do? Hey, I'm a prophet, man. I'm a prophet, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I love the title, right? <laughs> you know, I love that title. You have to you grow know? your beard a little bit longer. <laughs> oh, yeah, right? I'm a prophet, you know? Okay, well, whoa. Wait a second. No, I'm not. I, I'm not there. I'm not worthy of that. Because being a prophet, then I would have to acknowledge I'm doing God's work. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm not worthy of that. So I denied there was a God because I'm not worthy of doing those types of things. So it's taken me a, a long... So as a result of that, I wouldn't listen to... Well, I get I listen to the negative ones. The negative feedback, I get pissed at that. But but I, I didn't listen to the positive responses. And it wasn't until I was involved with that, uh, with Stephanie and Tom in the book, The Perfect Predator. And it was at that time, which was like in 2016. And it was at that time where I had a meeting with Stephanie every day. And she replayed, she has like a, a memory like Sheldon Cooper. And, and she remembered what I'd said the day pre or, or previously. And she would play back or recite back things that I had said. And during that time, in that, when we were working and, you know, working on saving Tom's life, um, the feedback that I was getting uh, blew me away. And, and I, I, I want to be humble about my work, but I'm not. Um, I wished I were modest about about my talent, but but I'm not modest about it. But what I found out is I was better than I ever imagined I was because of getting that feedback, that test every day for about eight months being critiqued. And in that time period, I was never wrong on anything important. If I made a mistake, it was something you know insignificant like this happened during the day rather than at night or at night during the day or you know something like that but i was always on at the important stuff and i never made any big errors um that was stunning to me and it was after that and 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 then and then when i was reading the book and saw and remembered the things that i had done holy shit not very many people can do that. And so 
when when I was getting all that information um, and 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 getting that feedback, um, I started to look at what I was doing, and 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 started to accept it, and and that's had a big effect on me, a huge effect. Wow. And since that time that I and and what it's done um, is has made me. Um, deeply grateful. And what what I've done with my work, I, I, I've, I've committed my life to this, Gary. Um, it's not like I was a good psychic. I committed my life to doing this. That was my purpose. That is my purpose. And, and it, it was and has been my priority since I was a child. I, I have other things in my life to bring joy, but this is my purpose. And I started paying attention to it, and and I've, I've become more and more humble about what I do. But it, it, it's a really beautiful experience, and it keeps getting better. Wow. I'm not sure why I went on that, that, that rant, but... But it was because I didn't feel worthy of accepting it. And mm -hmm. since that time, now I just, um, you know, I had a new website launched, I think it was last December. And on the website, um, there's, there's a whole bunch of testimonials. Now, I, I, if anyone's heard me before, they know that um, I have literacy issues. Like I, I didn't learn to read and write until I was about 18 or 19 years old. And I, I, I taught myself and, and I don't read and write very well now, but I'm better. Um, when I asked people for the testimonials and a lot, anybody I asked, all I asked them to do. And I asked people that I thought didn't like their readings. And I asked people that thought I was a jerk. I, I asked a lot of people. And, and everybody I asked responded. And when they came in, um, I didn't read them. I didn't look at them. And when I sent them to the, uh, um, uh, um, the uh, web designer, I said, don't change a thing. You can change the font you know, to make it look the same, but don't change any grammar. Don't change any spelling. Don't do any, you put in exactly what that person has written and don't change it. And it wasn't until my website was launched on, you know, on the internet that I read, that I read the testimonials. Hmm. I, and, and I was prepared to, you know, somebody thought I did a lousy job. I was prepared to post that too. And, and why I, I, I did that is because I wanted it to be authentic. Mm -hmm. So no changing it, no, no changing the spelling, no changing the grammar. If somebody used a, a capital when they shouldn't or, or a lowercase when it should have been, don't change it. Somebody spells things wrong, don't change it exactly the way it is when, when I read when I read the testimonials, I cried. Hmm. Like, like right now, it was. I was, I was amazed. I, it stunned me. Wow. Um, and everything that was put on there is still there. I, nothing's been taken down. That's awesome. It, it, I cried, and, and I cry now. Wow. So, 
with the podcast and being able to yeah. communicate with other psychics and doing yeah. well, it's not also going to be about psychics. It might be a psychologist. Mm -hmm. It might be someone that studies PTSD. Somebody that you know studies you know kung fu and or 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 or, or, or somebody that writes books or everybody and i'll be talking to them about what's going on in their field oh my question is oh, okay um guess i wasn't that psychic then <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you thought about seeking somebody out to be your student to carry on your legacy i have several um people that i work with Oh, you already do. I, 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 I've had, I've, I've mentored all my life. I just don't make a big deal about that kind of stuff. It's like you, you know, on the book, what in, in the book, the Perfect Predator, what I did. The only reason it it came out like that is because it was put in a book. But I've had many experiences like exactly like or similar to that in, in the book that 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 was written. Similar. Um, I've I've had mental links with people that are 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 sick and 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 completing their life, um, and and I've I've counseled them all the way through. Um, I've always got two or three people that I'm working with like that. Um, it's just not talked about very much. Wow. Um... So, is there anybody oh, was, oh go ahead one of the things that i was going to say was when you finished what when i was on your first show for the first time when i saw how you 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 um uh um titled it it was you know the life of a psychic um spies saving lives and um i think the other one was finding lost people and i thought hmm, how sad is he talking about oh that's me oh yeah that's me oh, so I, I thought oh god he wrote that about me i'm gonna get caught they can't say that but then i wait a minute i did that i did i did have a connection with with, with a, a kgb agent and it was through the arts royal canadian manifest and the and the sick and 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 the spy did come to me and and i did help save tom and a lot of other people and and um i did find lost people both dead and alive mm -hmm. and i did all those things but i haven't talked about them or thought about them because I didn't think I was worthy, and I didn't want to sound like a weirdo. And in these kinds of things, like like in lost children or lost people, um, I I will not allow um, it to be made public that I've done such a thing. I I, I just won't, I, I I just won't do that. Hmm. I don't want to make my living that way. That's why. Um, do you plan on diving into the paranormal at all? You're talking about like haunted houses and shit like that? Exactly. Um, I've never really been interested in that. But but hey, um, I will talk to people and interview them and learn from them. It although that's not actually been my passion. Mm -hmm. My my passion, my my passion has been um behavior, um um 
growing um, healing wounds and injuries. And and my instinct is, you know, I'm a really psychologically uh, uh, minded, hmm. and 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 I get fascinated by that kind of stuff. Interesting. And and I love dealing with um, people that have been wounded. Now now another thing that that I've done in my life in my career, one of my subspecialties is is helping. Um, someone and and often it's, it's women get out of abusive relationships and and we and, and that comes in my life coaching stuff right and mm. and we we set a goal and we and 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 you know when when somebody's in an abusive relationship they know the answer to it is get out everybody knows that get out but what they don't know is what does get out look like? Does getting out of this abusive relationship, does that mean living over a laundromat or a Chinese restaurant? Does it, does it mean, mean you have to like have food stamps? Does it mean that, does it mean you starve or, or, or your kids can't go to school? What does getting out mean? What does it look like? And what, what we do is we start off one step at a time and we help build a whole new life while they're still in the abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes time to leave, their life is all their new life has already been built. And it's like a seamless transition. Mm -hmm. So I, I've, I've done that for like, like so many years. I, I, I can't count. And I also can't count the number of people who I physically saved from dying. I can't wow. remember. Do you think that the point of, what do you think of the point of being alive is do you think it's the purpose learn, of life is to experience to experience so so if the purpose to life is to experience which i agree all things on all is, levels is that um yeah the trauma is a part of it part of what we're here to experience is pain and um what we are what we've experienced what we are one way we are equally the opposite. Yes. Okay. And and in order to know both sides, we need to know the dark side and the light side. Mm -hmm. So the purpose of life is to experience all things on all levels. And we have free choice and free will to experience whatever it is that we want to experience. There is a rule with that, though. Is And the rule is we have free choice. Well, two things. On this planet, there's accountability. So we have free choice and free will, and we can do anything we want. Um, and the rule is what we do one way, we must experience the opposite. What goes around comes around. It's like karma. Karma is mm -hmm. neither reward nor punishment. Karma is merely for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. So the purpose of our experience our life is to experience all things on all levels. And what we experience right now, whether it happens, you as Gary, you all you experience, if you don't, then you will experience the opposite in another existence. All right. things get balanced. So another way to look at it is, is that in the overall scheme of things, there is no right, there is no wrong. It's true. There's experience. Absolutely. I completely agree. Wow. I have to agree with that.
I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, sometimes like like my own personal life, I think I just got lucky in this one. So we got like a, a free lunch. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, no. No, it's it been, wasn't. It's been Regardless, cool. yeah, well, that means because then you're doing the opposite before. Mm. Because our purpose is to experience and know all things on all levels. So, so you believe in past lives? And future lives. And future lives. Do you know, do, do you, can, can you tell your own future? Um, it's very personal. It's, 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 it's hard to be, you know, so personally involved. Um, I can, um, my, now my psychic abilities were, were developed, um, on the street. Mm -hmm. And, and so mine are developed to protect me so that I could survive. Uh, so, so there's that, that, that raw skill and in that raw skill or that raw survival moment, my instincts will keep me alive or take me to places that, that will get me what I needed, um, or need. And, and it's like that. What, what I'm going to do this time next year, I would hope my podcast is going to be the greatest podcast in history, but it isn't. Um, it'll be somewhere there. It's going to be second. Okay. Number one. Okay, there you go, and, and I would humbly accept that, um, and and I would take you on and let you and ask you if you could be my mentor through this. And now, um, so I don't know what it's going to be like. Hmm. I want it to be something, so I'm not. I but but I don't know. So for me, can I see that? No, but a psychic, maybe another psychic would see that. Um, That's but, interesting. But I know how something will turn out. Or, um, so a few years ago, I got three golden retrievers, the, the champion show dogs in confirmation, as well as um, in obedience and uh, um, obedience trials and rally obedience trials. And they, they all hold titles, all three of them. And all three of them have, you know, created litters and stuff like that. Um, um, so the, the point that, that, that I was making while I was bragging about my dogs. Um, <laughs> I can't remember the bloody point. That's the other thing I can't stand about me. That's it. Right, th there was a point. What were we talking about? Because it was. I was asking if you could read, read, you know, your own future. Because, because, right. like with me, you know, like, like I had asked you, you, you've offered to do me a reading, you know, off the air, for you know, and um, and I'm always like, no, 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 because me, like, it's like I kind of like know my own future, right? You know, I, so I can I can see my own future. Because because I'm the closest person to me. Right. I I remembered what I was talking about. So um about it was it was in August of twenty eighteen. Um friend of mine that that's been a lifelong friend, um, she's from Toronto, but she moved to the East Coast and she comes back every year. Um in in that in twenty eighteen she had come back um and she was visiting her, her, her family. Um, and they'd had this summer cottage and it'd been in two generations of the family and it was sold. And this, the family, you know, it was the last time the family was going to be there. And, um, I had often been to that cottage and, and, and Virginia invited me up. 
And one of the things that she said was, are you going to be bringing the dogs? And I said, yeah, probably. And there was a knot in my stomach. It didn't feel right. And that would have been like on a Saturday or on a, on a Monday. And as I got closer to the day that I'd be going up to, to see Virginia and the family or her family, I got more and more upset or felt worse and worse and worse or more and more negative about bringing my dogs with me. Mm -hmm. And on that Sunday morning, as I was getting ready to take dogs with me, I just felt sick. And I had them on leash and we walked out of the house and I was putting them in my car. And I said, no. And I turned around and put them all three of them back in the house. And then I left by myself. Later on that day, while I was driving up on the highway, I got rear-ended on the highway. And in the accident, um, I broke six teeth, were broken right down to the gum line. I'm still in the process of getting everything fixed. Um, and where I got hit from behind, if I would have had my dogs with me, at least one of them would have been killed. Now, there was an example of me getting warnings. Mm -hmm. and, and I was trying to deny it, and it just got worse and worse. And there was an example. So can I see my future? Yeah, um, but it's usually around crises. Or I, I know that I have to make the right turn or do the right step or so, and, and I do that. And I, and, I'm, and I trust that energy, so mm -hmm. I just follow it. Uh, interesting. But sometimes uh, I don't. Are, are, are you then, mm -hmm. are you ever maybe wrong? No, afraid no. to see your own future. I think sometimes no. people might be afraid to to I'm see not. their future. You know, I'm not. Um, you know what? If I got hit by a lightning bolt when the show is over and and my life was over, I would go to my maker and I would say, "Wow." What a great ride. Thank you. Um, so I'm not ready to die. I, I don't want to die, but, but I'm not afraid to. And, mm -hmm. and I would go there with no regrets. What, wherever I'd be, to, wherever after what happens, you know, when you die, I would, I would go there with no regrets. There are, I've done some shitty things in my life, but there, there I, and I have, you know, I don't walk on water. I'm nowhere near that. Uh, I, I'm not some great spiritual being. Um, I, I, I've done some lousy things. Um, to the best of my ability, I've made peace with it, or um, I've, I've contacted or made things right. But as I look back on my life, there are very few things that I would do over, I would do differently. Very few. There's a couple, there, there, there's a couple, but, but not very many. So I would go to my maker. Um, so I'm not afraid to die. I'm not ready to, as as I said at the beginning of your, you know this podcast tonight. Um, I've had one of the greatest years that I've had um, in in my career in the last year, and I'm doing more. And I'm 72, so I'm still there's 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 lots for me to do and lots to experience. Hmm. But if it's over, I'm okay. Yeah. Wow. So that's, that's pretty good. I, I would say the same for me, too. If something would happen to me, I'd be like, okay, <laughs> it is fun. Yeah. Right. That, well, that, that's how my, my, my feelings have been. Yeah. So uh, before we wrap this up. Yep. 
Do you, want to, want to, do you want to know why I don't like doing readings on the air? I'll be glad to tell you. I think you told me once. I think you said you didn't want to embarrass people. Well, that's number one. Number two Although is, you can't embarrass me. I mean, every, all well, my dirt's well, already out there. I understand. You can find naked pictures of hey, me on hey, the internet. You know what? You know what? You know what? It isn't all out there yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> so, um, you know, here, here, here's the reason. Um, I've been doing my job for, you know, 56 years. And I've done more than 100,000 psychic connections. What I will do on a podcast is nothing anywhere near like I did when I did the reading for your wife. Mm -hmm. Okay? So what I would do on a podcast is nowhere near representative of what I do. Right. That's number one. Number two is at this time in my life, I don't want to risk my reputation to entertain a host of a show. Well, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. I I've done I've got I've got too good a reputation to put it on the line now. Now, when I was 21, 25, 30, 35, I put it on the line. But I've done that now. I I don't need to do that anymore. Right. Right. And everything I do now is is recorded. Mm-hmm. Everything, right? So I'm, I don't want to risk my, 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 my lifetime career or reputation. Mm-hmm. That, that's the reason. And then there's another one. And that is they're bloody hard to do. And it takes a lot of energy and work. And I don't want to do it free anymore. Yeah. Just to entertain somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not like a dog and pony show. You know, I don't have like an organ and and and, and, and a monkey. I, I I've got a skill, a talent that that is highly evolved, developed, um, and and my reputation is a solid one. Um, uh, I'll be glad to you know to prove it, but I want to be in the most powerful position I can be when I'm doing my work. Hmm. Okay, that that that's the reason. Interesting. I mean, yeah, I it, 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 may, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And it's bloody hard now. And I don't, I very seldom learn about stuff in, when I'm doing readings now, because I'm mostly, um, especially when I'm doing like the, um, the semi kind of um, public ones, I, I, I don't usually learn that much because, because there's high energy and it just comes out and then I forget everything. And and that and that's also one of the reasons. Hmm. It's not fun. No. No, that's and that, and that it's not fun for me. I understand. Yeah, that that's the reason. Let let the ones that are making their reputation let let them do it. Let them put their balls on the table. I I, I did that. I I've done that for fifty years. Yeah, I mean I've had quite a few do it. Had quite a few fumble too. Yeah, well, unfortunately, and I said some of those more experienced folks that I was talking about earlier. You know, it was like I almost felt bad for them. Yeah, I bet. Like that. Oh, I have been in that situation where nothing's coming out that's right. Oh, what a nightmare! 
Um, when I when I was on tour, when I used to do tours, you know, every now and again, I'd wake up in the middle of the night with a nightmare, like I'd be on a show, and every person that I spoke to, everything I said, they said no. Well, was that ever a nightmare? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've actually had them where I was saying yes, even though they were wrong. <laughs> just, <Yeah>. just, <laughs> not, uh, yeah, you know. just, just so you don't break the guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that can happen to anybody. Yeah. Wow. So, and what I have to say mm -hmm. uh, in my life experience is far more interesting to the audience than let me than me doing a reading, telling somebody they're going to get a new house and they're going to make up with their wife, or they're going to you know break up with their husband, or you know they're going to get a new dog. I, I, there's far more bad thing, greater things that I can do with my, my skills these days, because while I, it's strong, um, and while I've got a lot of energy and it's obvious it comes through in my voice, um, I, I don't have another hundred thousand psychic connections and, and, and I don't have 56 more years to do this. Um, I'm way past the halfway point and, 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 and I, I, I don't want to be, uh risking stuff I'm, i i want it to be the best that i can make it that's awesome incredible yeah, so absolutely. before we wrap this up yeah where can my listeners find you you can find me at robert that's my website my email is robert at robert you can also find me on facebook and on Instagram, and pretty soon you're going to be finding me on a bunch of other things too. So, when's the podcast come out? Um, it'll be launched in the next couple of weeks. I have to okay. another another rehearsal. So, so I'm about two weeks ahead on this podcast. Mm -hmm. So this will be out in about two weeks. So if it's out, make sure Fine. you send, as soon as it's out, send me a link to okay. it. Okay, and I'll, okay. I'll put it in the notes of this episode. Thank you. So, Gary. so people can check that out. Thank you. I'm anxious to hear what you do. Yeah, me too. I'm sure it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> you know, I'm certainly skilled enough. I'm not going to be laying an egg on live uh, uh, radio or, or TV. I, I get by that. But it's, it'd be interesting being the interviewer as opposed to the interviewed. Well, you have the intuition for it. I do. Well, yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I, I can do that. I've, I've questioned or interviewed a few people in my life. It isn't the first show that's been mine. I've had, I've had several um, of my own radio shows and a couple of TV shows in mainstream media. So it's not like I haven't done shows before or I haven't been the host of shows. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's just that, it's, just that uh, it's been a while. And it's a whole different stuff by doing it on the internet. You're going to love it. You're going to learn so much. Like, that's the reason I'm doing it. One of them. <laughs> Great. Well, thanks for being on today. Thanks, Gary. This is number four. We'll have number five sometime. And you can come on my show. I can hardly uh, wait to grill you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a lot of fun. I, I mean, all you got to do is look at the, all the podcasts I've done and all the crazy topics I've talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're, you, um, yeah, I must have been one of your earlier ones that you you had. I think well, it was um, a year last October, you know. Yeah, you were probably like in my first thirty or forty well, episodes. Yeah, 
I can't believe I'm so like you've two, done, 250 now, Matt. Right. And would you say that with that 250 or more experienced and more qualified? Oh, and, yeah. And yeah. When I first started, I had no idea what I was doing. And, and the more you do it, the better you get. And this is an instinctive talent that you have. And the more you practice it, the better you get. Yes. That's the way it is with being psychic. <laughs> what a great way to end it. So thanks for being on. Thank you. A delight. <laughs> Hang on one second. I'm just going to play the outro. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life, because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you love what you listen to, don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe.